I'm Jared Jaynes, and this is Impactful. I start most of my mornings by simply paying attention to my breath for 15 minutes. The interesting thing here is that this deceivingly simple exercise has had a big impact on my life. But I was surprised to find that the impact didn't happen in those 15 minutes. In fact, it was the exact opposite. The benefits came throughout the rest of the day. I think the best way to describe this effect would be just an increased control over my attention. But unfortunately, the benefits of controlled attention, also known as mindfulness, have a lot in common with the matrix. You can't really be told about them. You usually have to experience them yourself. But luckily, we've all had mindful moments regardless of our meditative experience or lack thereof. The goal of this episode is to explore just how deep the rabbit hole of attention goes. And like all the topics I choose for this show, we'll talk about how it affects us individually and as a culture. I'm pretty convinced that mindful attention is becoming more important every day. And luckily, as long as we're breathing, this is a skill we all have a chance to build. Paying attention to the breath is just a mental exercise. And studies are starting to show us that it's an exercise that leads to results. Emotional regulation, stress mitigation, pain relief, and general well-being are all starting to be connected to meditation in the lab. These types of results are what inspired me to start building my meditation habit a couple years ago. I started by sitting for just five minutes a day and quickly realized just how distracted my brain was. After just a few breaths, I'd find myself going through my to-do list or contemplating last night's episode of Mad Men for the majority of my five minutes. At first, it felt like failing, and I started judging my mental ability pretty harshly. But the more I read about mindfulness, the more I realized that this is just a huge misconception. Noticing that you're distracted is actually the goal in the beginning, not some blissful, mindless state of transcendence. Maybe we'll talk about that another day. But the thing to remember here is that each time you catch yourself getting distracted, you're building the skill of noticing where your attention is. It's like a mental push-up. And I think the best thing about developing this skill is that it allows you to be more intentional with your actions. It makes it easier to choose how to react to the world around you instead of the other way around. Think about the last time you were cut off by someone in traffic. We all predictably get angry, and sometimes that anger drives us to pull up next to the car and give them a piercing look or show them one of your fingers. And this is a natural human response. But we all know there's no real good that comes from flipping the bird to that driver. We're just falling victim to our circumstances. And this is where those mental push-ups can come to use. Paying attention to our thoughts and emotions can create some distance from them. Then you can take control and let them go. And then get back to the things that are important in life. 
I had a great chat with one of my favorite YouTube creators in preparation for this episode. And there was no hesitation when I asked how monitoring his attention had affected his life. One of the first ways it affected me was in social situations. Um, I used to get like overwhelmed and be thinking six steps ahead of, so if this person starts going down this road, how's the group doing? And the ability to just take a second to pause and go, okay, what is my mind doing right now? Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? What is the actual worries going on? Like, for example, I used to be really insecure about how skinny I was. And for a while that manifested in like working out a bunch and, and you know, trying to fix my outward appearance. But it didn't really fix the problem. I would still go out and I would still be very anxious, especially if I was like trying to meet somebody that night and flirt. Um, it just got in my way over and over and over. This, this what Buddhism would call a hindrance. Uh, it would it'd stop you from, from being in the moment, being present. And every time that idea came up, going, okay, so why am I even worried about this? I'm worried about it because if I am viewed that way, somebody might judge me in a specific way. Okay, if someone judges me in that specific way, they might be less attracted to me. If someone's less attracted to me, then I'll have a difficult time connecting them in, the, in a situation that is supposed to be romantic. But the end point of that is uh, I will not be fully present and with them. I won't be able to enjoy my conversation with them. And so there's all this extra fluff in between I'm worried that I'm not going to connect with this person and I'm worried I'm not going to connect with this person. It's the same thing. And you can just cut that out. If you just notice when it's happening, you can eventually sort of, I think, maybe rewire it so that rather than spending 20 minutes worrying about it, you just save a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, jump to the end. Yeah. This is Nick Bull. And as I'm sure you've already gathered, Nick is quite the thinker or I guess in some circumstances, an overthinker, which is what brought me to him in the first place. He wrote, composed, and edited an amazing YouTube series called I Wonder. And it's filled with stories of his personal intellectual journey. It was actually a huge influence for Impactful. And while watching his videos, I got the sense that he had a unique ability to pay close attention to things often overlooked. And after he told me a story of overcoming social challenges, something I think most of us could relate to, it got me thinking about some of the other benefits of being aware of our attention. The first thing that came to mind for me was how it seems to make it easier to focus on the things we can actually influence and spend less time on the things out of our control. And this isn't a new idea. You can find this in almost every philosophy. I think the first time I heard this concept was from the serenity prayer. And while I've never been a religious person, I remember it standing out. You know, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. This is a lot easier said than done. But at least in my experience, it's been far easier to follow this advice since I started to meditate. But man, this is not an easy task. And I think our connected world is making it even harder to stay on track. Digital notifications seem to be constantly vying for our attention. Sometimes I get the sense that 
being distracted is the new default these days. We've covered this a lot in past episodes, so I won't beat a dead horse, but we have a lot of work to do to make sure that our technology is working for us. And a big part of that equation means respecting our attention. It's far too easy to get used to this state of distraction, but a break from technology can sometimes show us how hectic modern life can get. Nick was actually just coming off of his own vacation from our connected world. You know, actually a big trigger for the, the you're catching me in a, in a couple weeks that have been very stressful, and I think it's because of all the decisions that I, that are, have been mounting up. But it comes piggybacking from this trip that I went, I just got back from a trip in Colorado. And it was me and my friend, who for me is like this beacon of sort of that mind state of just, everything he does is intentional and everything he does, he enjoys. It's, he's, it's remarkable to watch him. Um, so we went to Colorado, we got uh, two horses, packs, and we just uh, disappeared into this wilderness for 10 days. And the first two days of adjustment to that were so strenuous, you know. It was so difficult to get, just because the altitude was really high, so difficult just to go down and get fresh water. We could do that maybe twice a day without collapsing from exhaustion. And we had, you know, only so much food. We had, our whole day was, was based around, can we eat, can we drink? and do we have shelter for the cold? But by day three or four, I hadn't been that happy in a year. It was like, because everything was, okay, I'm gonna spend the next four hours getting, filtering, and drinking water. It's the only thing I can focus on for the next four hours. Everything else is a waste of my mental energy. I need to focus on this. I need to make sure that I'm balancing on the rocks in order to do this. Um, I need to make sure that the horses are tied up right, you know. Everything just got pared down to such a far degree that it, it was. It was like, uh, I didn't only feel much, much happier. I also felt uh, much more productive. My mind was moving faster. The places that I got to when I took moments to meditate or, or think were exponentially more profound. Um, yeah, and it was, it, it, I think it was largely in part to not having overstimulus, not thinking about, okay, I gotta mail that, I gotta do my laundry, I gotta do this. I just have to drink and survive. As Nick was telling this story, I couldn't help but make the connection between mindful attention and experiences like Nick's Colorado trip. Mindfulness helps us pay attention to our thoughts and emotions, which can lead to some much-needed distance. And certain experiences can focus our attention, which can lead us to some distance from our day-to-day -day lives. This new perspective can show us how often we actually allow ourselves to enjoy life. If we're being pulled in a million directions at once, it's almost impossible to live in the present. And let's face it, most of the best things in life are experienced in the moment. Nick actually described how he finds himself in these moments using a really great linguistic metaphor. There's also the times that I've been in it, sort of, I found myself there accidentally through playing music, if I'm writing or composing something, um, playing music with others, swimming, you know, there's 
just being outside and, and walking, where suddenly you, you come out of what seems like this 20 minute long tunnel and you didn't realize it at the time, but that entire time you were not in the world. You were doing, you were, I guess, Taoism, you were, you were a verb, you were verbing, you were a way, you know, of being rather than noticing the things, the nouns that are all over the place. And it really, I, I'd say accidental, but I think that I, in the, my 29 years of life, developed habits that could bring me to that state, like music or even conversation a lot of times. Because it's such a pleasant feeling. It is what I would love to be in all the time. <laughs> you know, that state of yeah. just sort of, it's, it's blissful. It really is. It's, yeah what I imagine life should feel like. And I think that with the right kind of attention and some deliberate planning, more of life can feel like that. But if we're not paying close attention, we can find ourselves in a sort of mindless autopilot. And while habits and routines can be helpful in ways that we covered in the repetition episode, if we aren't paying close attention to our automated behavior, we can end up heading in the wrong direction and often without even realizing it. Very similar to getting lost in a thought while meditating. A metaphor that I love to use when thinking about navigating life is surfing. Shout out to my buddy Dave for letting me steal this one. Basically, each of us has a sweet spot we're searching for on the wave of life. And if we're lucky enough to find that spot, it takes a lot of attention to make sure we don't veer off course. Coincidentally, Nick actually used the surfing metaphor in the last episode of his I Wonder series. Um, you, you, uh, you used the metaphor of, of surfing, the, which I brought up in the last, the transreligious ritual. And um, it's funny because I had just, at that point in making the, the series, felt like I hit that. It was like... I, I came up with a flow of, of writing and composing and editing and then like going off and exploring to get new stuff. Um, and now at this point I feel like I've totally fallen off the board and, and I've just been like scrambling to find the waves again. But um, I think I was in denial about it for a while. Uh, you know, that's, that was a, 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 it's the same issue, it was a problem of awareness. It was. Um, it was me not paying attention, whether it was intentional or not intentional, to my own, uh, my own happiness and fulfillment, I guess. And neglecting our own happiness and fulfillment doesn't just affect us individually. In fact, I think if you look at what just happened in the U.S., you'll see that a lack of attention had a major influence on recent events. For those of you who haven't heard... We recently elected a president that a large portion of us thought had absolutely no chance of winning. Now that the dust has started to settle, everyone's been scrambling to understand exactly what happened and why so many of us didn't see it coming. And while I don't want to get into the woods on this topic, I will say that our new president-elect seemed to energize a group of people that have obviously felt neglected by our country in recent years. I'm not proposing any grand solutions here, but I think as a nation, we need to be aware of what's happening in our whole country, not just our neighborhood. 
I'm not exactly sure what this looks like on a national scale, but if we don't have the capacity to truly listen to ourselves, it's going to be a lot harder to listen to others. Creating a life and culture that directs its attention to the right things is not going to happen easily. It takes practice, patience, and planning. Practice means being disciplined and striving to be better. Patience means suspending judgment of ourselves and others, no matter how scary it can be. And planning means taking the time to set ourselves up for success, because it won't just fall into our lap. This might all sound abstract or overwhelming, but there's actually a really simple way to start. Just breathe. The goal of this show is to spark your curiosity, but curiosity alone won't lead to an impact. To take action, go to impactfulcast.com for influences, supplementary material, and suggested content related to this episode. See you there.